got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Samino, and with me as always is Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Steve. Let me ask you a question, detective. Can you see love? <laughs> is that a quote from this horrible movie that's, that we're about to see? <laughs> that's, a, that's a quote from this horrible movie. Yep. I don't want to yep. say horrible yet because I might raise the ire of our other guest, of our special guest, but... It's tough to think of another adjective to use to describe it in such a quick succession. So we'll see. But uh, good for you, Andrew, for going to the memorable quotes page on IMDb or actually memorizing a quote while you watch the movie. I actually wrote it down. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the NRLD Podcast. Welcome to Christmas month. The holiday season is here. We are talking about Christmas movies, I guess holiday movies broadly, but most of them are Christmas movies. And we have a treat for you. We always have a treat for you because this month involves a very special guest. He's back. He's here for more. On our last episode, he told us what we were going to be watching. And now we are embarking on that journey with him. Sam Johnson, welcome back. Hello, sir. How are you? Hi, Steve. Uh, I was feeling jolly until the naughty <laughs> comment, <laughs> Andrew. And now my my hackles are raised. Oh. Not feeling so jolly. Sam, you have a way about you. Even when you say naughty, you say it like very playfully, like naughty. Like it's you. You're, you're so imbued with the Christmas spirit. I can't imagine you actually getting mad. Uh, he can just tell when people are being naughty, much like Anna Kendrick, I guess. We'll talk all about that as we discuss today's feature film. As we mentioned on the last episode, we are talking about original content from the streaming services, from Netflix, from Disney+, from Amazon Prime, from a lot of the chief competitors in that area who are beginning to churn out the Christmas materials. And we are starting with the newest of the batch, which is Disney+. And that movie is Noel. It came out very recently. It came out, I believe, with the launch of Disney+. And it stars Anna Kendrick, Bill Hader, and a bunch of other people who are utterly wasted. It is, <laughs> it is the work of an auteur. It is written and directed <laughs> by Mark Lawrence, who Andrew informed me is the brains behind Miss Congeniality. Is that correct, Andrew? But both Miss Congeniality, Steve. <laughs> so he's a man. He's, he's intimately involved in something in Hollywood. I, I don't see a through line with, between those films directly, but here he is with the movie he wrote and directed. It is meant to, I presume, be Disney Plus's chief Christmas-themed content as they roll out to the masses. And I would love to hear your take, Andrew, first, knowing that you are the curmudgeon of the show and sort of <laughs> guessing what Sam is going to say. I would love to get your thoughts on what this film did and did not do well. But before that, let's let's do our beverage of choice segment because we cannot talk about this movie without a nice beverage by our sides. I do not have a themed drink again, unfortunately, because I am ill-prepared. <laughs> But I do have a Guinness, which I feel like sort of works for this season. Maybe just because it's dark and it has a nice snowy top on it. I feel like it just happens to... It's really for all seasons, but I feel like it is a wintry type beer. And it is very delicious. And it's in a very big glass. So. I guess I'll allow that. I feel like it's it's somewhat seasonal. Um, although you can drink Guinness year-round, I suppose. Uh, I am drinking a Harpoon Winter Warmer. 
uh, Holiday Ale, which came out of a Harpoon mix pack. And um, much like the movie we're about to discuss, I I actually wanted everything else in the mix pack, but I felt compelled and obligated to uh, have a have a winter warmer because we're doing this podcast. So uh, that's 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 like the that's like uh, that's like the Noel of Disney Plus in that in that in that combo pack. <clears throat> No, I, I don't have a lot of hope, but uh, I'm hoping that that winter warmer warms your. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Oh, Sammy, what do you got? Again, not super optimistic about that. Um, I have a Bell's uh, Bright White. Ooh. It's a Belgian-inspired weed ale. I think it's uh, sort of a better version of a Blue Moon, but it has a it has like a snowy landscape on the uh, bottom, so I'm feeling happy about that. Wouldn't a bright white have been a better play for the Hallmark um, episode that we're going to do later? <laughs> oh yeah, good point. <laughs> There's no color. Got it. Sam, I don't know if I've asked you this before. When December, or at least when the holiday season rolls around, how much does that impact your drink choices? Do you stick to entirely holiday themed beverages, or do like is, is that is, does that fit into the whole parcel, or do you allow yourself a little leeway there? I'm pretty much exclusively eggnog or Christmas themed beer. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that, but I wanted to hear you say it out loud. I, I don't want to assume too much, you know. So, I, so that's why Sam gains thirty pounds every December. So yeah. eggnog, Jesus, it's <laughs> yes. a big beverage. Yeah, I'm Tim Allen in the Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah Sam, Sam. Pro tip: Don't drink eggnog before we record because you won't really be able to talk at all. Um, yeah. I don't need to put bourbon in it, AJ. That's my daytime drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Let's loop back around now, now that we've all shared our beverage choices. Mr. Johnson, meaning Andrew, Sam, you are you are like a Elf Johnson or something in that regard for this month. Andrew, what are you? What are your thoughts? So let's hear some Noel rants. I assume they're rants. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself. What are your thoughts? I didn't. I didn't really have a rant. I, I watched this movie twice actually because I didn't know we were going to do it for this series, and we watched it on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Like we just threw it on at night um, here, and it was kind of a you know an ignorable crowd pleaser, I guess you could say. Um, and I didn't really like dislike it then. Uh, and then I watched it again to take some notes, and I really didn't like it the second time, which I think is pretty uh, damning. Um, I, I think, in a long story short, like for me, the 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 reason it was like semi enjoyable the first time is just because I was like happy to see Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader and Billy Eichner, and then the second time I was like, yeah, but this is just a complete waste of their time. Yeah, I don't think it's a very good movie. In short, <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> like, there's some, there are a few fleeting funny moments. Like, I laugh pretty hard when uh, Anna Kendrick calls it Phoenix Arizona, and uh, I laughed pretty hard the first time when she said, "I love yogurt pants" because she didn't understand what yoga was. But beyond that, um, this is a pretty painfully bad movie. I don't know if we want to do a plot synopsis or anything like that, but uh, I mean, the plot to me, the plot synopsis is relatively simple in that 
San- first off, you find out that Santa fucks, which is good to hear. You know, <laughs> we, I don't know if we've ever have we had confirmation before previously that Santa fucks, or is this the first time? I mean, we all thought when Kurt Russell was Santa that he fucks, but we didn't specifically. I don't know if we knew that for certain. Although Goldie Hawn is there, so you have to assume that Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus was was enjoying Kurt's time. But this yeah. one, you find out that not only does he fuck, he can make babies, and he made Bill yeah. Hader and Anna Kendrick. What? What? Yeah, I mean you're yeah. forgetting Arthur Christmas. Uh, <laughs> That's, in the true. That's a good. So you said that I was way. I knew if there was a gap in that, you would help me on it. <laughs> yeah. We get additional confirmation that Santa fucks, and then from there, Anna Kendrick is sort of doing a Will Ferrell and Elf type character, where she's joyously in love with Christmas. The twist on that one is that she is. There's a gender sort of issues at play yeah. where she is a woman who ostensibly should be Santa, though she doesn't realize it, and certainly the patriarchal North Pole community doesn't realize it. And so throughout the whole movie, she begins to realize her skill at potentially being Santa. Meanwhile, Bill Hader, who is Nick Kringle, who should be Santa, hates it and wants to be a yoga teacher in Phoenix. And then there's some bad reindeer and there's some hijinks and there's a male love interest who isn't really a love interest at all, which was kind of refreshing in that they did not, mm. they just became pals because Anna Kendrick is Santa certainly can't fuck only male Santas can fuck. <laughs> and, then, and then we reach a pleasant conclusion where she and Shirley MacLaine drop off some presents and everything is good. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't leave out the, it's part also the Santa Claus where it's someone not realizing they're supposed to be Santa and then they have to be Santa too. But then like I texted you guys, it's also set on the set of bad Santa because it takes place in Phoenix mostly. So yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Well, Sam, Sam, you you launched this series because you wanted to dive into how the streaming services were handling their Christmas content. As we said, Disney Plus is the new one. It's the big one. A lot of people are enthusiastic. I would say they do not seem to have a ton of original content. This is one of the – I don't know if it's the only new movie they've put out, but it certainly is one of the few, if any, that they put out at launch. What are your thoughts on this movie as a whole, and how does it sort of fit into what you were hoping or expecting from the Disney Plus service? So, I, I, I'm going to be more measured rather than uh, a, a zealot about this. Um, but I, I, I think it's a decent first attempt at creating original Christmas content for a streaming <laughs> service. Um, I definitely like wanted more from Bill Hader. Like when I saw Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be funny." And instead, it's just a G-rated movie that Billy's not really in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that was problematic. Um, I, just all of the characters are poorly drawn. Uh, Anna Kendrick gets like shit on for uh, being selfish and not doing anything when all she's been told to do all her life is not do anything. Um, and so I and. Like, it doesn't come through that she's, like, this incredibly selfish person at any point uh, during the uh, during the movie. Now, with all that said, like, I do think it was a decent first attempt um, at, like, creating a, 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 a original Christmas content. Um, I, I, I thought it really tapped into a lot of good Christmas themes. Like, I really like how much they leaned into Christmas fun. Like they just all out like they changed oh my god to oh my garland. 
and, <laughs> and it was naughty or nice and, and I just really appreciated it that it like I, I I don't have given that this is the guy who created Miss Congeniality I don't have faith that it's like laughing at itself but at the very least it's like we're going all in on this fucking Christmas thing and really doing it so I appreciated that um, and then um, I thought that there, there was some solid shit talking on Phoenix, Arizona, including mm-hmm. all cops. Um, the uh, Alex and Jake are great. Um, the reindeer scenes when they're traipsing around the mall, like with sunglasses and VR and stuff on, thought that was super <laughs> uh, hilarious. Those reindeer were the CGI on that rain. Those reindeer were horrible, though. Like, ew, they look bad. Like, it's not. I feel like they could have made that a lot. And even like the cute little reindeer, her cute little reindeer pet. I forget his name. That's probably going to make drive Sam crazy. Snowflake. Snowflake. Snow cone. Oh, snow, snow cone. Snow cone. <laughs> there we uh, go. Snow not cone. good CGI on either one. Like not neither one, neither the adult reindeer nor the little baby one found their ways into my particular heart. Um, the baby one didn't find its way into your heart, Steve. Are you kidding me? He's looks, so cute. It looks so fake. It looked terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, it doesn't matter. I thought every, I, I didn't care. You know, we, this is a well-established uh, talk track between the two, between all of us. It's, I just don't care about that at all. But I think it. But I think it dull, to me it dulls the. Like it, I'd rather just have her have a dog as a pet that they spray paint white, you know. Then at least it's a real. Like I don't know. This is off topic, but if anyone has seen the trailer for the new Harrison Ford dog movie that's coming out next year, The Call of the Wild, which I believe is based on a famous book, so I shouldn't call it the Harrison Ford dog movie. <laughs> but the movie is about Harrison Ford and the Jack dog, London. and they go on adventures. That's the movie. Yeah, so, yeah. And the dog is entirely CGI. And I was like, I understand that people love animals. They love creatures. They love that. They love the connection between a human and an animal. That they, a human and a pet in particular. But when the pet isn't even real, what are you connecting to? There's nothing there. When Anna Kendrick has a little fake-ass reindeer pet, well, I don't love that. I'm like, this is she's touching a computer. She's touching nothing. She's touching air. Like, it just it means nothing to me, and it feels as vapid as the rest of this movie, and I think makes it reinforces that no one cares. This isn't genuine. This, is just, this exists just for the sake of existing. Well, if I can bring it back to Disney Plus for a second, I do think... I do think it's interesting if you think about Disney Plus versus like all the other streaming services. Like, I do think it's interesting that they went with something that is so ostensibly weak. I think, like the the strength of Disney Plus, the reason ten million people signed up for it the first week is not because of the new shit. By and large, it's because of the massive back catalog that they have that like netflix and amazon just can't possibly compete with right um and and in that context like putting something that's very mediocre or sub mediocre on as part of it is kind of a a puzzling move and i think it's even more puzzling when you think about the mandalorian which is the main show they launched with on the launch date and which has does have very high production value um and uh and is very good so far and steve to your to bring it even further there like they actually use in that show they actually use some of the practical effects for for some of the characters which is like one of the things that i still really enjoy about the star wars movies is that it's not they haven't over indexed on cgi with someone like the alien characters so i know it's a weird parallel a christmas movie to a star wars bounty hunter 
series, but like, I think it's a little puzzling in that context. Um, but I mean, on the other hand, Disney probably had this movie in like development hell and they're like, well, we might as well just chuck it on the service. And we've got two names on there, you know? Yeah, it's so, been, I don't know. finished filming in January 2018, so this has been sitting around yeah. for a while. And we yeah. I don't know whether that was because they wanted this to come out on Disney+, Plus, or whether that was, as you said, because it was just <clears> done. <throat> and they said, eh, why put that in theaters and we could just throw it up on our service? But regardless, it does not feel like something that was a huge priority or people did not put a lot of care into it. Sam, as you noted, like Bill Hader must have done like two or three days on set. Like he's barely there. <laughs> he's not funny when he's there. Like Anna Kendrick is charming, but it's supposed to be a two hander. When you see the, the poster, yeah, Oh, Hendrick yeah. and Kendrick and Hader together at last, you know? And, and like you said, and like everyone said, you know, Oh, Billy Eichner, Julie Haggerty, Shirley MacLaine, like what a decently stacked cast. A lot of people I want to see. And then their characters are useless. They have nothing funny to say. Like there's just, there, there's, I know these are not, the most deep movies usually, but there is there you can you can still add a little substance to them, and there's just really n- there's no time or energy expended in making anyone here substantial or interesting. Yeah, I was very uh, I was generally disappointed <laughs> with all of the ancillary characters, um, except for Jake and Alex. I thought they were they were decent, but like yeah, they just wasted everyone else. Um, and even like when they would try to be like, remember when they were eating uh, guacamole in the mall? It was like they mm-hmm. tried to be funny about that, and it just like fell flat because that character doesn't really have a personality. But I so the, so here's a, a couple other pieces. Is did you guys cry? No. No. What about during? <laughs> at, Andrew, did Amanda cry during the shelter scene? No. <laughs> when she knows that language? That one is a real tearjerker. And then the second time, uh, also when she comes back to the shelter, I, I, I also, like, I enjoyed the fact that, like, when she became Santa, that it didn't all just, like, sort of, like, wrap up really easily. Like, I sort of liked that she made a, a hash of her first Christmas. Uh, and... Like I thought that was, I thought that was a, a nice little wrinkle, and I thought I thought that there were some redeemable features about this movie. Like a the tear, b how much they leaned into Christmas, and c that that like they didn't take the easy way out on making like the love interest happen, and then just like having it sort of like wrap with her like doing everything perfectly immediately on Christmas. I agree with that. I actually did kind of like, now that you, I didn't really think about it in the moment, but I did like that they showed her being, it would have been sort of a cop-out if they said, she's Santa now, the end, let's all live happily yeah. ever after. Like, maybe not a cop-out, yeah. but it would have been, it, w- it was definitely more earned to see her, because the whole, you know, I don't think they did enough with this conceit in the movie, but the whole idea is that she's the first female Santa, she is working yeah. trends, she's changing things. So to have her actually show her going out there and learning as she goes and, and sort of, you know, not making mistakes necessarily, but sort of, but figuring out as she goes along, but being imbued with the spirit and trusting that she'll get better and better and so maybe even sort of do it her own way, that was a nice touch. I don't think the movie did that the whole other, I, you know, I don't think it, it, it was, it was, the tone was very playful and again, not very substantial and I don't think they really wanted to deal with the gender issues too distinctly beyond just noting that they were there but i do appreciate that at the end they tried to at least make her seem a little more unique and 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 worthy of the job in her own special way 
I think the best part about this movie might be how angry it must make men's rights activists, right? Because, like, you know, it's just another woman taking a man's job. So, <laughs> no, that's a that's a feature. It's a yeah, nice I've little read feature. anything about like a Twitter backlash about like how Santa is a man and he yeah. needs to stay a man. Yeah. yeah. Well, well I, I mean, I, yeah, I guess she's she's a white lady, so she's got that going for her, I suppose. <laughs> that, that usually. <laughs> blunts the backlash but yeah and, and, the, and the santa you know billy eichner doesn't play gay in this movie but he's a very gay man in real life if he's taking <laughs> the job from a gay santa they probably appreciate they probably yeah, would true. they might prefer a white it's woman true. than a gay santa yeah that's true that's true i don't know i don't know the hierarchy for men's rights activists but yeah that's a good point <clears> i will say though the the lack of again we're, we're it's hard to judge a movie like this because a lot of these movies we've watched you know, even the bad ones, it, it's easy to make an excuse and say, hey, it's a light, dumb Christmas movie. Don't worry about it. But obviously also the really good ones we watched have weight to them and, uh, you know, and, and, and are well acted and well put together. And, you know, there's, they stand apart for, for reasons. And I think one thing this movie sort of lacked is any sort of conflict, you know? Like, Billy yeah. Eichner was, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm, part of me is glad that he wasn't stereotypically evil once he got the job, but he wasn't really evil at all. Like, he sort of was just sort of a techno dick, and he had different <laughs> idea, the ideas of what constituted good and bad and relied on the algorithm. And, yes. and that's, you know, but the, like, who cares about that? Like, it was really not that big of a deal. Maybe Sam cared more than I did about the, uh, the, the poor uh, children who weren't getting presents, uh, but I did not. My, uh, I, I was like, this is just so mediocre of an issue. I wrote down that I like that the Earth, erstwhile villain is a Bezos bro wannabe. That was what I wrote down. It's like basically, it's like, it's like Amazon style uh, uh, ruthlessness, basically. But, hey, he's yeah. to be efficient. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I liked that he became like a demagogue a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, he was yes, he was super soft. Um, and more than anything, like I felt like this. I know nothing about this director, but I felt like this director is just like a massive luddite. Like he's <laughs> he just like. <laughs> He he talks shit on Snapchat. He talks shit on Amazon Prime. He has a weird fixation with iPads. Like, oh yeah, that iPads thing came up a lot. That was not very funny. Like, attacking <laughs> the algorithm. I was like, why? So I was either like, okay, Disney's trying to take shots at all their competitors because algorithm. That's Netflix. Amazon Prime was directly mentioned. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Or like this director is just like seventy-five years old and like you know has his assistant answer his phone calls for him or something. Are Are you sure there wasn't a class warfare component to this movie? Because I kind of picked up on that, Sam. Like the the Kringles are basically like plutocrats if you think about it. They are totally plutocrats. <laughs> yeah, like they they don't they don't work hard and they have like a slave elf that lives in their house and seems very annoyed with them in Sherman. Yeah. Well, yeah. and why is there a Kringle discount in town? Like, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. they own they own the entire economy of the North Pole, right? Like, they shouldn't also be getting discounts on items. So maybe no, Mark Lawrence is like a like a Noam Chomsky type figure. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he's very old and hates technology, but also is like extremely liberal. I don't know. I mean, he just yeah. makes. I think he just isn't make his bad generic uh, movies. Uh, uh, yeah, that's very convenient, Steve. Yeah, yes. 
<laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Miss Congeniality 2? I don't know. Yeah, the only other problem I had with it, I, I was I found myself uh contrasting this movie with Arthur Christmas a lot actually. And like <laughs> it was I'm sorry, but it was like it, it was completely and blatantly obvious from the very beginning of the movie that Anna Kendrick was Santa. Right, right. Like it, and when I think about Arthur Christmas, it's like in retrospect, yes, it's obvious that he is also Santa, but like it's not a fait accompli. Yeah. At the outset of the movie, like Steve is very remember, like Steve is very capable and he has some of the same ideas that Gabe does. But like about, uh, you know, bringing the Starship Enterprise around instead of reindeer and, and shit. But like he's he's capable and it's not assumed. And there is that an actual like progression of characters and a story and a plot and things that actually matter to the plot that uh, affects that transformation. And that's what I found myself getting, being very disappointed about in this movie is that there's no, like there's no real character development. Even when she, even when like she starts caring about um, how Jake's Christmas will play out or how Alex's Christmas will play out. It's not inconsistent with how she was behaving earlier. And so there's no transformation. Yeah. Well, yeah, what you, there's no character development. There's no tension. And it's possible, like, the history of movies is littered with films that have tension even when you know it's going to happen, right? Like, I, you know, I always think of, like, uh, Argo, right? That movie was, like, insanely tense at the end, despite the fact that you know they're going to get out of Iran. Um and like so it's possible no I, I that i'm holding this movie up against the best picture winner um <laughs> which is probably slightly unfair but, but also about but, like, how story that's how stories are told yeah. you know it's like there's yeah. only there are only so many stories yeah. there's a yeah. if you're telling a na- straightforward linear narrative that's yeah. so, sort of how you do it yeah 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 and this is a poor story because like I, I actually fell asleep the first time we watched it i missed the first like the last 20 minutes and um you know, when when Amanda woke me up, she was like, she's like, you missed the end. And I was like, I knew it was going to happen two minutes into the movie. So like, like, like what I didn't really like, even for even like, you know, even for most movies where you, you know, it's going to happen in the end. Like, I felt like it was kind of egregiously bad. So that's a really good, good point, Sam. All right. Well, let's get into the real question. Why Sam tests us with these movies? Sam, is this, in your opinion, we'll obviously go around the horn, but is this a cash grab or is it a Christmas miracle? Is this Disney Plus just trying to make a quick buck on and get there, you know, and tap into a holiday hungry crowd or is there actual substance here? And also, what does it mean for you? What, looking forward, what, do you, what, what does your answer mean for what you think of this service? It's like, this one's right on the edge. I think I probably have to say, I probably have to say cash grab. Um, just because it was clearly such a low effort production, uh, but I, it, it like almost saves itself by being very tapping into the Christmas spirit and joy and like leaning in hard to that. But overall, I'm just like if they had worked a little bit harder on the story and characters, uh, I, I would put it into happy Christmas or jolly Christmas spirit zone. But it's, I think it's. And so it doesn't make me feel great about, you know, what Disney's going to do next, but I'm hoping that, um, 
you know, maybe they'll come out with a, a Christmas sitcom or something next year. Or <laughs> of now that you know this is an option, it's very exciting. <laughs> Didn't seem like it was a possibility before, and now it's real and staring you in the face. Yeah. I'm hoping they do something better on, on their on round two. And I do like the idea of having, like, a blockbuster. Um, like, like r- rather than, like, Netflix, which is the deluge of content, I like having a, a, a blockbuster Christmas movie like every year um, and, and, and like trying to do something cool. But uh, it, this one fell, I think, f- too many flaws. Yeah, I, I actually struggle with this one a little bit, even though I think it's clear that I think it's a horrible movie. Just because like it's, it's just puzzling for the reasons I said earlier. I, I think you probably have to throw it in the cash grab category because like why even it's it it i don't even know if it's a cash grab i I almost feel like it's like laundering something that was probably in development hell and they were like well we got to do something with this and we sure as hell don't want to like put it in theaters because it'll bomb there um so i i guess it's sort of a i don't i don't think that makes it a cash grab so much as a like <laughs> covering up for sunk cost or whatever. Um, <laughs> or having like, something ready to go when they launch, like, oh, Christmas content, we got one. Yeah, yeah. Like, it actually, like, if this movie was on Netflix, it would make so much more sense to me, actually, in, in like, the context of our discussion. Yes. And um, it, it feels like a Netflix movie because it's, it's kind of, like, lazily put together. It's sloppy. It's, like, like I said, it's kind of, like, ignorable background noise if you want it to be, but it's, you know, it's got friendly faces in there. People you like to see, um, which is just, again, like the, the whole thing with these streaming services, like Netflix has to do that. Um, Cause they don't have a lit library that goes back 70 years. You know, Disney plus has fucking steamboat Willie from like 90 years ago. Like, so like I, that in that context, I'm like very puzzled that it, they, they, put it out there at all and even more puzzled again when i compare it to the mandalorian which is like very well done and is like a tentpole piece to kind of get eyeballs on it um so i don't know but disney plus is just going to be in this whole context is just going to be a weird service because it's just it's it, it, it it's it's just positioned very differently than amazon prime and netflix um because of its its history uh, like the question is can they can they can they do enough to build on that massive like back catalog that vaults um, without like, you know, watering it down? Like, so we'll see. I don't know. That's the big question with, with Disney plus though. Like, that's what I'm saying is like, they, they don't, they don't have to take as many shots as Netflix. Right. And they can get it right. They can exactly they can do the right things. They can just get it right. And yeah. so like, I'm not writing Disney plus off as a source for Christmas content, but it, it doesn't make me feel good about the first track. Yeah, well, Disney hasn't traditionally been a cash grab style company in the ter- in the context of making new things. That's not as true right now, where they're making all these live action remakes and stuff like that. Um, they've their cash grabs they've typically done from a historical perspective is to re-release things in theaters over and over and over again, which is a different kind of cash grab. But it's it's at least trading on something that was like you know that's like more nostalgia and less like 
you know, you know, just a sequel for sequel's sake, right? Um, again, not as true right now specifically, but um, even those big projects are still, you know, there are lots of there's always a lot of care put into them and thought and yeah. good right. performers and right. and creators right. and all that. Like they're not they're not rushed shot. Like I think that's the thing we're all frustrated by with this. This yeah. feels rushed and half baked. And even though it wasn't rushed, it, came, it was made two years ago. But it was it feels incomplete and unimpressive and all these things that you would just, you know, that I don't typically associate with Disney, even though I know right. they're a money-making enterprise right. to say the least, they usually produce high quality stuff and see, seeing right. them, you know, bring, roll this out there as one of their initial offerings is certainly not the most exciting way to, to bring your fans back for more. Right. Right. But they have the Mandalorian, so it's okay. They do. <laughs> and you're both totally right. I'm really intrigued to see how they go about it. Like, the, the catalog is really important. Obviously, they know what their moneymaker is. And, like, this is, you know, I'm sure they love that they want to make a profit off this, and they will make a profit off it, but it is they have so many other ways to make money at Disney. Like, mm-hmm. in theory, they could they could really use this to be sort of maybe more like HBO, which puts out, you know, a couple series every quarter that, you know, come out on a couple days. Obviously, they deliver it differently, but they HBO clearly values critical respect and water cooler conversation and being like the hot now thing as much as they value churning things out. And if Disney takes that model and also can give it to you for less because they just don't need to charge $12 a month, they can charge seven, they can bundle it. Like that's nice. Like if if they're going to be a monolithic, you know, evil corporation, you know, behind the scenes, at least they should present us with some fun, happy movies and TV shows to, to make the medicine go down easier, you know? Well, which is literally what they're doing. I mean, they're dominating the conversation right now with Baby Yoda, and they're going to sell a shitload of toys when Baby Yoda, you know, finally is available to buy. Sorry, slight spoiler there, Steve, for Mandalorian. No, but I'm very aware. If, you, I don't think if you've avoided Baby, Baby Yoda, Yoda to this point, I think my like, parents I'm know Baby Yoda exists at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It's it's strange. It's a strange movie in that in that context of the service itself. So yeah, and based on what you guys said in the research you did it sounds like it was basically trying to find a way to recover some costs and so that's a pretty shitty first thing to do for a streaming service that's launching it's like it seems very lazy both from a content and a business perspective but uh it makes me it makes me feel worse about it honestly (laughs) I, was, I mean, this, I, Sam, this might be the first thing we've talked about where you were actively not a fan. This is very, this is sort of groundbreaking. And I think deserve it because it's just, it's just so lackluster. Like, I, you know, I, uh, like you said, it, it had moments that clearly were aimed at a, an audience like yourself who was just super enthusiastic about the holiday, but it's just, there's not enough of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear for the rational part of your brain that you're just like, yeah, this is not that great. That's the thing, Steve, is like, it almost had me. Like all they had <laughs> was put together a basic story, and they would have fucking had me. Like, the, like Snow Cone. I don't care about the CGI. He was super cute. Like all the dumbass Christmas jokes. You got Anna Kendrick. It's like just do a little bit more, and I'm like, this is the greatest movie ever. Give Give Anna Kendrick a singing number. I also thought that was a massive miss to not have her sing like at least a little bit. I, I don't even understand how that happened. Um, like. Christmas is associated with Christmas music. Let that woman sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas, for God's sake. She even goes to the window and does a little yeah. thing for a second, yeah. right? And you're like, here comes the big song. And then there's yep. this <laughs> And it's like bad, though. It's like not in tune or anything. It's like bad. It's weird. Very weird. Weird. 
Yeah, so this is a cash grab. This is <laughs> this is maybe not like we said, not in the exact way that we typically use that to mean because Disney is such a strange entity. But it's just not not a lot of thought, not a lot of effort went into it, at least in terms of you know what it could have been or what it should have been. And it definitely you know as as a Disney Plus free trial subscriber who is probably going to cancel cancel it in four days now that I've seen this movie. <laughs> Does not make me super enthusiastic about what's to come, but the their endless resources and the Mandalorian and other good things will surely bring me back at some point. Or this podcast and the need to watch movies and such. So <laughs> it's fun. It's it's you know. But Sam, again, your candor and your uh, your your logic in dissecting this movie and its flaws is is appreciated. Yeah, I didn't really realize it until I I finished watching it the second time, and I was like. Ah. Just a little bit too flawed. Well, you know what's interesting about this series that Sam has put us on to is, like, with the exception of, like... Well, I don't know if you've seen the Casey Musgraves thing yet, but, like, we're, we're all kind of, like, trying new things out together, right? Like, in the past, we've been... We've been like the, We've been the, like Sam's guinea pigs. The, the, the tutors, or the, the 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 Sam is the tutor, and we're like you know at his Adelon. Yes, yes, the apprentices, uh, and you know in this case we're we're all kind of trying them out new at the same time. So I mean, you know, it's interesting. I'm also, I'm also pretty I'm pretty nervous for you guys because you guys were like. Do you remember? It was like, Noel, oh, sounds good. Claws, oh, sounds good. What is a Casey Musgraves? And, <laughs> and, and now Noel is like, not good. Claws, I assume, is going to be really awesome. But it doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't bode well for this being an up year for uh, the, the Christmas podcast. But I don't, think, I, don't, I don't. I personally don't want to be a curmudgeon about it. I want to try and be objective. You know, like I, I don't want these things to be bad. Obviously, I don't think Andrew does either. Like we just no. want them to be. We at the very least, if we're going to be pissy about it, we're going to be pissy at the services themselves for putting out subpar materials. You know, we're not gonna. We're not. Hopefully, we're not going to turn on the holiday itself. We'll just say, wow, insert company here really shit the bed, huh? Yeah, I just hope you don't lose all that progress you've made with regard to your Christmas spirit. Uh, I well, I I'm I'm more I'm more optimistic than you, Sam, because I uh, Claus has gotten good reviews, so um, that's a good sign. And then uh, I like the Casey Musgraves thing. I have no idea what we're getting into, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy that more than Noel, <laughs> just because it's like a musical variety show with like James Corden. So I and it's only forty five minutes. So and then like. <laughs> Like from an expectations perspective, I know the Hallmark movie is going to be god awful, but I don't have any expectations because I'm not expecting to see Bill Hader or Anna Kendrick or be entertained. So I don't know. I think this might be the low point. We'll see. That's true. Wow. A surprising low point. We will find out and keep coming back to the NRLD podcast <laughs> throughout December because we're going to go through the movies slash. Re- variety programs that, <laughs> that we mentioned. Content, content. Go th- I hate say. Oh, we've said content so many times, and it's such a catch-all, and it's so easy. But I hate saying it so much. We're gonna go through all the content. We're gonna watch Claws on Netflix. We're gonna watch the Casey Musgraves Christmas Show on Amazon Prime, and we're going to watch a Hallmark movie of our choice. So join us throughout the rest of the month. Subscribe to the In Real Deep podcast. Visit inrealdeep.com. All of our old podcasts are there. All of our reviews of movies coming out right now. 
now. And of course, these Christmas month episodes will be dropped weekly as we approach the Christmas holiday. Sam, thanks for joining us. Do not fret. Three more pieces of content to go. And Andrew is optimistic, so that should make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Feeling jolly. (laughs) There you go. Back to jolly. Oh, God. Andrew, good luck as we traipse through these final three. It'll be a fascinating journey. Yeah, it always is. It always is. Go back to the Mandalorian. Now. It's 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 what it is, Steve. You know, so. <laughs> it's what it is. We'll be addressing that shortly as well. Yeah. Thank God for that. Yeah. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Christmas month continues, and we'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Soon will come our way. Santa very soon will come our way. Eight little reindeers will sleigh. Santa's little reindeer.